Clay Jakeaway is the owner of 505 Motorsports here in Farmington, and 505 Motorsports was the first sponsor of Ken's Think Tank, this show. Clay's a great guy, really casual, really fun, really intelligent, and just a super cool guy to be around. I got to know him as a client when 505 Motorsports hired Ken Collins Marketing to do some of their marketing. Getting to know him better as a client led me to really like him and how he deals with people. A great quality as a business owner. When I needed to trade in my Jeep for another vehicle, I went straight to Clay and nobody else. He put me into the truck I have now in what I can only describe as the best car buying experience I've ever had. I've shined up the truck, but Clay's in the driver's seat today. Why? Because we're shooting this episode from his plane. Maybe Clay will let me take the controls for a bit, even though I've never flown before. <laughs> That's right, instead of prowling the roads of Farmington today, I'm going to prowl the skies. Want to see how it goes? Come along for the ride in Ken's Think Tank. This is the last episode of the first season of Ken's Think Tank. This has been such a fun ride. So it's only fitting that the last episode be the most fun ride it could possibly be. Clay's been flying for a long time, but he finally got his pilot's license about a year ago. So we decided to shoot the season one finale from the cockpit of his plane. I'm no stranger to flying commercial and military flights, but I've never been in a plane this small before, and I'm really looking forward to it. We're just ready for a takeoff, so any special places you want to fly? I mean, we either have kind of Farmington Lake, or I like to fly around uh, around Shiprock is always a pretty sight because it kind yeah. of sticks up and we can be close to it. Yeah, I've never, I've never seen Shiprock from that view. Yeah. So. So, are you ready? I'm ready. Feel good about it? Yeah. Okay. So we're in the air. That was a super smooth liftoff. It was. It was good wind today. So that's Jackson Lake right there. <laughs> out the Plata Highway. My daughter and I, about two weeks ago, uh, flew over up to the uh, mountains there and checked out all the colors was gorgeous. So we yeah. flew straight up La Plata Highway to the Hesperus area. Then we went over to Mancus, over towards Dolores, came back by Cortez, looked at all the colors, and right. then by Shiprock and straight into land. So when did you get your uh, license? Well, it was, it was some time in the making. Um, I had flown what they call co-pilot seat, right seat like you are today. Yeah. I had flown that with various friends over the years. It took me about, it took me three times to start my license. I stopped, but started my license. Well, the first time I started and I ran out of money because it's not exactly cheap to, right, to do this. <laughs> um, the second time is we were flying a friend of ours airplane and uh, the airplane created a little bit of a problem. And, uh, it wasn't anything major. It was just it seemed to be burning oil faster than it should have been, and he was a little right. concerned that hey, you know what, guys, I, if something happened and you were in my plane, I, I I wouldn't be able to live with myself, you know. And yeah. so he opted us out of his airplane. Uh, so we stopped again. So this airplane that we're flying today was owned by Curtis, who 
you right. know very well. I do. My ex-business partner uh, at 505. This was his airplane, and a pretty funny story about Curtis and airplanes. This is the second airplane that Curtis had owned within about a two-year time span, and Curtis gets airsick. Curtis gets airsick on commercial flights. Yeah? Why the guy bought airplanes, <laughs> I have no idea. So one day we were at our shop, and I overheard Curtis on the telephone talking to somebody, and uh, said, yeah, I'm going to put the plane up for sale, and my ears perked up, and I was like, well, you didn't tell me you were going to sell the plane. He goes, yeah. I said, well, if I'd known it, I would have bought it. He goes, well, it's for sale if you want to buy it. So, uh, so I bought the airplane, and at that point, that was a little over a year ago, maybe last September. So I bought the plane, and uh, I started flying again with my instructor. His name is Mike Brown, and who has been a, a longtime friend. I've actually flown right seat. He flies a big uh, King Air, Beechcraft King Air, which is a three-plus million dollar airplane. And I had flown with him. It's a left downwind for seven words. So he said, yeah, I'll happily. Train you no problem. So I jumped in and within about three months time of owning this airplane, I slammed my hours. I was flying almost every day, um, getting my hours, getting my, you know, my instructions from him. Then uh, I had to fly to Albuquerque to take my final writ, what's called a written test, which is kind of a funny story is I was, I was allowed to fly myself to Albuquerque, I had been, which means they they write, they sign you off that says, yeah, he's good, he can fly to Albuquerque all by himself. Okay. Before I ever had my license, and it was to go take my test. So imagine you're a 15 year old kid going to do to the MVD. You're going to drive your own car to MVD without a driver's license. Right. You're going to take this test. <laughs> if I had flunked the test, what was my option? Right. Was I going to get back in my airplane and just fly myself home? Right. So. Uh, so I took this written test, uh, two and a half hours. The lady told me most people complete it in about an hour and a half. And I'm telling you, at the two hour and 20 minute mark, I'm sweating bullets. I'm still trying to make sure I'm getting all these answers right. I came out of this testing booth. I told the poor lady, I said, look, I'll probably be seeing you again. I, I know I did not do well on this. I bombed it. And she goes, oh, no, I'm sure you did okay. So two minutes later, she punches it up the computer, and she goes, well, you passed with an 80%. You had to have a 70 or better. Okay. You passed with an 80%. I about fell over. I couldn't believe it. I, I thought for sure I bombed it. Um, so it was great. I mean, the instruction was good. So after that written test, you come back, you schedule what's called a check ride. Uh, there's an FAA instructor okay. here in Farmington, and uh, basically he goes in the airplane, sits right where you are, and he makes me do everything. He makes me take off two or three times. We do three landings. We go fly around the nappy. He makes me do turns. You know, I got to pick a point, start flying around corners, and then come back this way. And there's just all kinds of things they make you do. Right. Um, so I finished that day. That day he told me, he said, uh, congratulations, you are a pilot. He signs my book. And two days later, myself and a friend of mine named Keith Neal hopped in the airplane, flew to Las Vegas. And, uh, that was the first true flight of being my own pilot was the longest flight I've taken to date was two days after I had my license. That's a, that's an appropriate kind of first flight, you know, 
Oakland, Vegas. Vegas. Yeah. Go do a little celebration. Yeah, yeah. It was March Madness college basketball, and uh, it's kind of our annual pilgrimage. We go sit in a casino for nine hours a day, staring at 25 TV screens, and just watch basketball game after basketball game. I don't know. We're, we're sports junkies. <laughs> um, since then, it's been great, man. My, my daughter, I've got. She's almost 14 years old. She absolutely loves to fly with me. Yeah. Uh, I just got her her own logbook, and so she is now logging hours uh, as as right chair. Um, she takes the yoke, which you can see. I'm not even holding the yoke right now. You know, right. and the plane is just flying straight as can be. I mean, right. it's, it's a great plane. Um, but she loves to get up here and fly and make some turns and. Her job is to look for landing areas, so as we're flying right now, if you'll notice, I'm always looking out the window for this highway right here. Right. If you and I had an emergency, I'd much rather want to try to set it down on a highway as opposed to out in the dirt. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, so I'm always looking for, you know, escape routes, and that's her job. She loves to come up and do that, so my hope and vision for her is I, I'm not trying to set her future, but a, a girl pilot... Uh, is a pretty neat thing, number one, and number two, I think it really would open a lot of avenues for her in life. Oh, absolutely. If she ever became a commercial pilot. Here's the crazy thing. This plane is older than me. This is a 1968. Nice. But you wouldn't know. No. Nobody knows. No. Uh, I looked at a plane a couple days ago up in Durango. I'm in the market to, to, to upgrade airplanes, and it was a 1969 that looked like a 1995 or 2000 model. They, they just, you can't tell, yeah, you know, yeah, and I can't believe this is your first time up, what's your, what's your initial thoughts? It's cool, yeah, 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 it was a great day, there's not one bump, we haven't hit one bump, not at all, so you're, you're getting kind of spoiled, to be honest with you, and it's, I mean, it's very simple, man, I mean, how difficult is that, you're flying the airplane, yeah, you just kind of let it fly itself, and it does, and you'll just counter, I mean, if the thing kind of bounces to the right, you just counter to the left, I mean, it's all... After time, you just sort of learn. Um, you learn the feel of, of what to do. So you got us climbing up now at about 300 feet a minute. Now you're just nosing us back down. Ah, I'm overcorrected. So yeah, there's a, it, it's very sensitive, isn't it? Yeah, just kind of a, a fine line of of balance there. It gets like the level. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. So now we're up over the nappy. I mean, uh, yeah, it's all pretty, pretty standard. So I can barely now. You gotta know what you're looking for, but I can barely see the tip of the Sandia Mountains, uh, way, way, way off in the horizon, and it's just a, oh, a small yeah, yeah, yeah. tip. Yep. Uh, it's real dim. Yeah, it's real dim. Looking into the sun like we are right now, but but that's it. I mean, it's amazing when you get up here how high, and we're only at 7,700 feet elevation, um, which is about 2,000 feet above the ground. You know, Farmington is about 5,600 feet above ground. So when I did all my training, I came out here over these fields, and they make you do circles around these circles. Okay. So that's all uh, cool. So you want, you want to come out and work a circle? Sure. You good? Yes. See this green circle where these buildings are right here? Yeah. Let's, uh, let's go out on this kind of path that you're doing. Okay. So you'll just start easing it. You'll see how sensitive it is. There you go. Now you just want to, the idea is to maintain the same spacing. Don't get closer to the circle. Just maintain kind of the same spacing around it. 
and maintain your elevation. So you're climbing us up about 200 feet a minute now. There you go. There you go. Keep turning it to the right. Climb is more of a box. Yeah, that's right. I've got ringing phone. Oh, Mike Brown, my instructor, calling. Oops. Yep. Isn't that crazy? You don't realize it. So you got us climbing up. No, still climbing. Yeah, yeah, you had us 500 feet a minute. Come on, there we go. Uh -huh. <laughs> Not as easy as you might think, right? No. But I have to say, if this is your first time doing it, you're doing all right. A lot of people get sketchy and they bounce the plane. They, they, they do it overcorrect, undercorrect, overcorrect. But the real sensitive. It's yeah. very sensitive, yeah. Very little input is required. I flew a, uh, a flight simulator. Uh, I think it was a, a 111. F-111 flight simulator. Wow. Or something. <laughs> I did okay. It's It was the same kind of thing. It couldn't maintain an elevation, really. Right. Um, it, landing was was so funny because it was just a sim. And so it was all instrument. It wasn't visual at all. And, and so I'm flying on instruments. And <laughs> I'm coming in for a landing. And they're calling... Ah, uh, there we go. Uh, yeah, a little steep. You're all right. They're calling, uh, calling my elevation to me to, and main, to maintain an elevation. Yeah, right. and coming into the landing. Right. And telling me where I was, and um, you know, they're just really dry voice, and they're like, "All right, you're at 50, you're at 100 feet. <laughs> no, you're at 50 feet." And at some point, they're like, "You're six feet underground." <laughs> Those are the words you don't want to hear. Right? Yeah, yeah, that's that's not a good place to be. That's it, man. You're getting your first instructions right here. Oh, I just made a circle. Just made a circle. Felt like more of an amoeba. Well, that wasn't bad. <laughs> Was not bad at all. There we are. I mean, this is Shiprock. We can actually drop down just a little bit lower. The cool view. And, uh, yeah, it's amazing if you... I'll tell you what I'll do is I'll fly you on your side of it. Okay. So that you can get some good footage out your window. It's just a beautiful day today. Not a cloud in the sky. Oh, no really wind. Clear. If you like brown, it's gorgeous out here. <laughs> a lot of brown dirt. I was just noticing that too. Yeah. It's, it's been a while since I've flown out of or into Farmington. Uh -huh. And, uh, you know, when I do these drives, I, I try to pick places where there's trees and stuff like that, just to give a good background. Right. And as soon as we get up in the air, it's just nonstop trees. Yeah. And then we turn west, it's nonstop dirt. It is, yeah. <laughs> so you get up over these are the Cheska Mountains here, and uh, when you start getting up over these Cheskas, it's, it's nice. Do this. Yeah, we'll uh, just kind of spin around this thing. Elm in the ship truck. At 140 miles an hour. Not many people get to experience this. Can we take Echo and then go on the ground? Hey, Ball 4 Zulu Alpha, Lima Lab, sir.
to this day is like a brother to me. Uh, so I spent two years at Snyder's Wholesale with him. Eventually, he kind of handed me, it was all inadvertently, hands me the key to the building and says, hey, I'm going to go out of town for a week at your shop, run the shop. And, you know, kind of kind of made me feel like an owner, even though I had, had not officially bought into his business. But, but it worked out great. And uh, soon after, two years after uh, joining forces with him, we just, we outgrew that location. I mean, we couldn't, we didn't have enough room with my contacts and his contacts. We needed something new. So uh, the property we're at, at 505 Motorsports, uh, out on East Main by Zimes Ford, came available, and we pounced on it. We jumped on the opportunity to put our, our car lot there. And um, so we closed down Snyder's Wholesale. We, uh, at that point, I invested with Curtis. We, we split 50-50 on opening that business. Uh, whatever cash we could scrounge up in the existing cars we had from Snyder's, we opened that business. We never approached a bank, we never asked for a loan, we never got a floor plan. We just started with about 12 cars on that parking lot and one travel trailer and just worked our way up and started selling cars. Um, that was in 2010, seven years later. I just bought Curtis out about six months ago. Um, the best business partner I could have asked for. We never once had one argument. That's amazing. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. We, we were together for uh, nine years total, seven years at 505. We never once had one uh, harsh word towards each other, not one argument. I mean, there was times when I would buy something and he'd look at me and be like, yeah, good luck, man. I, I, don't, I don't know how you're going to get rid of that thing. Yeah. Uh, and vice versa. He'd buy some stuff and I'd, I'd call him crazy. Uh, we slow this thing down. We got too high RPM going. Um, 150 miles an hour was a little quick. <laughs> uh, so... So uh, he just decided he, it was time for him to make a change, and we, uh, we agreed to a buyout. I bought him out, and so it's been mine for about the last six months now on my own. I've got some really great staff that works for me. You know Connie very well. You know yep. RJ, yep. Uh, RJ Brown. Uh, we are lifelong friends. I met RJ in junior high, and a uh, very knowledgeable guy in this area, especially when it comes to off-road vehicles, jeeping, 4x4s. Uh, yeah. I mean, he this this guy's got it going on. So, uh, so I'm fortunate to have that that crew with me, and we specialize today in classics, muscle cars, built cars, street rods, but we have everyday cars too, as you you know, out on our yeah. lot. We got yeah, you know, 60 to 100 cars in the inventory, and um, I've been here most of my life, and it's it's been a blessing to be a part of this community, and we give back regularly to the community that that takes care of us. So right. it's awesome. I love it. I love Farmington. Yeah, you know, you guys are probably the coolest uh, car lot in town. But besides that, I mean, you just got cool stuff. <laughs> well, our showroom. So cool. Yeah, the showroom. Yeah. And what's crazy, I had a lady in my showroom last night. She had, she had to bring some papers over. This this lady walks in, and I apologize, I don't I don't know her name right now, but she walks in and she says, "Do you know I have driven by your place hundreds of times, and I have never, I never had any idea what you have inside this building right yeah. now." And yeah, it's like a little museum. Uh, yeah, I, I have a I have a sickness. I like to collect uh, old classic motorcycles, bicycles, as you know, bicycles. Yeah. Uh, I have a, a affinity for go karts. Yep. Um, just oddball signs. You know, we have a lot of automobilia signs and, right. and things like that. Um, so it's super cool when people walk in and they're like, 
we just didn't know this existed in Farmington, and uh, so it's fun. I mean, what we do, what I say is we're just normal guys, man. We yeah. we don't wear collared shirts and khakis, uh, right? Ball caps, shorts, typically year round. Um, I mean, it's just we're just normal guys that want to make people feel comfortable and uh, take the stressful car buying experience out of it that you might run into at other places. So, right. so, so thanks. We, we do have a wide variety of fun stuff. That's what I was going to say. I mean, besides just being the coolest in town, you, you guys really do um, handle people really well, you know? Um, so, like, I, I walked in. I told you what I needed to do. Of the situation I was in and, and what I was what I was looking to accomplish, and you were like, "Oh yeah, no problem. We can do this, this, this," and um, gave me several options of, of things to work around. And and yeah, there was no that typical like car salesman back and forth thing that you never liked. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So um, sometimes it's to a fault, you know, because <laughs> and I'll tell you why is. We need to put some signs on our vehicles out there on the car lot that says, hey, we're low pressure. We're not going to come out here and pounce on you. Right. If you see a car you like, we're inside. Yeah, come see us. Come see us. We have the keys. Now, that works two ways. We want to keep the customer nice and comfy and feeling, you know, friendly. Right. Uh, but also, we're lazy. We don't always want to go out there and, uh, you know, it's maybe on a cold, windy day, it's a little warmer in the building. And so... Uh, <laughs> We're just real, man. We're just real. That's yeah. all there is to it. It's, yeah. You that's, know? That's what I like about you guys. Yeah. Yeah. So it's fun. So you're from Farmington. Kind of. Uh, I have been... Uh, get off of this. I've been here since I was 13 years old. Um, my parents divorced. I, I'm from Houston, Texas originally. And uh, my parents divorced. My mom remarried. And uh, when she remarried, the gentleman she remarried was in Farmington. So uh, so I came here, my dad stayed in Houston, and I, I did a lot of commuting back and forth to visit my dad when I was a teenager, And but I've been here since. I went to UNM after I graduated Farmington High, I went UNM for about a year and a half, uh, hence 20 years old I became a daddy, and it was time to get into the real world, probably the best thing that ever happened to me. I was wasting a lot of money at college, I was kind of clueless as what I wanted to do in life. Um, so I really did spend more time goofing around, playing golf, or doing whatever college students do that I shouldn't repeat on the radio here. Uh, it was time to get back into real world, and it really was the best thing that ever happened to me. And then four years later, I had my son. My son's 20 years old now. He lives, uh, well, my oldest daughter lives here in Farmington, and she's been married two years. And I have a grandson, which is awesome. So my son's 20, and he's living outside of Seattle, Washington right now. And then my youngest daughter, she'll be 14 in a couple weeks, and she, uh, she lives here. She's a PV high schooler, and life is good. Very cool. Married 16 years to my beautiful wife, Christy, and she puts up with a lot of shenanigans that I throw her way, like buying airplanes. <laughs> yeah. You are a sponsor of this show. Man, it's been fun. So what do you think? Uh, I've enjoyed your episodes. Uh, you, I'm trying to remember officially how we met. Did you just walk in our door one day? Um, I think I did one time, and then, and then nothing really came of that. And then um, I think it was actually Curtis that brought me back in. Gotcha. 
and uh, you know, just gave us a good a good pitch, gave us uh, what was fun and uh, kind of laid back, relaxing sales pitch that you gave us. <laughs> kind of told us what you could do for us, and we gave it a run, and uh, our exposure has been great. We don't spend a lot of money in, say, newspaper advertising and things like that. Right. Um, we don't feel like we really need to uh, with our location. We spend our money on our location, and then, of course, the Internet has been great. I mean, right. you know, we've sold cars all over the world. Yeah. Um, yeah, we've sold cars to Sweden, uh, Brazil, Australia. Right. Had two guys fly in from Australia and sold them a 64 Corvette convertible. Uh, they drove it down old Route 66 to Los Angeles, nice. put it in a shipping container and shipped it back to Australia. And to this day, we text pretty frequently and uh, he's always looking for more cars. We sold bikes to uh, Harleys. We sold Harleys over towards uh, Asia. Uh, no, I don't think we've done Germany. We've done Asia. Uh, and I don't remember Dubai. We did one to Dubai. Okay. Uh, and then, of course, over towards Asia. Speaking of work, some of us have to think about going to work. <laughs> so, this is my work. I know. <laughs> Make sure our wheels are down. They're always down on this airplane. <laughs> but one day when I upgrade planes, that's pretty important. You have to make sure to put your wheels down. <laughs> Lucky there. It's like we know what we're doing. We're kind of good at that. How about that? Safe and sound. Nice. Any landing we walk away from is a good landing. That is exactly right. Yes. We're still rolling, so. <laughs> so good. Thanks for the ride, man. Awesome, man. We had a good time flying. Think Tank is a web series talk show recorded in video format and converted to audio for this podcast. Find all video and audio episodes at kinsthinktank.com. I know who you are. I know what you want. If you're looking for print and radio ads, I can tell you that's not what I do. But I do have a particular set of skills. Skills I have acquired over a very long career. Skills that make me a godsend for business owners like you. If you hire Ken Collins Marketing to build your website, people who look for you online will be able to find you. But if you don't, they will look for you. They won't find you. And you'll go out of business. KenCollinsMarketing.com